Welcome back to the Coffee and Bible Time podcast. For those that may be listening for the first time, our podcast is an offshoot from our main platform, YouTube. Our channel is called Coffee and Bible Time, where our goal is to help people delight in God's Word. We also have a website and storefront with Bible studies, prayer journals, and more. I'm Mentor Mama, and today I have my wonderful daughter, Taylor. Hello. Joining us to talk about the topic, faith is not a feeling, and how do we let our minds transform the heart? So the reason I picked this study, Taylor, is because in my women's group, we have been studying this book called Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin. But first, a word from our sponsor. We still have our coupon code available for you guys if you wanted to do online counseling um, with Christian counselors. It's all online. It's via Zoom. You can pick who you want your counselor to be. Very reputable. They all have counseling degrees. So this isn't like some rando on the internet. And my mom kind of has a personal testimony to it. Yes. So I actually have done some counseling sessions with Faithful Counseling. And what I really loved about it was that you can actually put in like different qualities that you're looking for in a counselor and specialties, male, female, if they have experience tackling different issues. And so I really loved that idea that I could go through and kind of pick the one I wanted. And then um, during this COVID season, it was really applicable anyway, since I couldn't leave my house for counseling, that I actually could just do it online. And you even have the opportunity to do a Zoom type call with them, or you can just do um, a phone call, whatever works best for you. And so it was just really great to have access to counseling when you, when you need it, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if you guys want 10% off your first month of doing this, you can go to getfaithful.com slash coffee and Bible time, and you get 10% off your first month. And of course it is cheaper than traditional in-person counseling anyway. So overall, it's just a good deal. We really recommend it, but let's just get on to okay. the podcast. Oh, Well, one other thing, too, is that you have the option of with your counselor that they are Christian counselors. And so if you want, they will actually pray for you, which I thought was so cool. At the end of each of my counseling, she prayed for me and my issues. Oh, wow. Thanks for that. This book called Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin teaches us how to study the Bible with both our hearts and our minds. And so I wanted to explore that topic today, and I thought it would be fun, since you're home, to do it together. So we may have a tendency to approach the Bible with this belief that our hearts should guide what we're studying, right? In other words, we're looking for the Bible to make us feel a certain way, to engage our emotions. Yeah, I was just going to add to that. Um, And I know I'm kind of just rummaging my way in here, but this topic of heart and mind is actually very interweaved, I think, into our culture. And it's actually, I think, countercultural almost to um, say that 
we should equally be holding the truth of God's word to, I mean, even more so holding God's truth and his word above our emotions and our feelings. I think the culture tells us to lead with the heart, follow your heart, and to let your heart guide you in all these different areas and directions of your life, relationships with people, with God, with choices of schooling, careers, where to live, like literally anything can be under the umbrella of follow your heart. And yeah, it is very countercultural to, you know, insert the truth in there and say, actually, um, I'm, I'm going to go to the truth first and see what the truth has to say. Because, you know, the Bible has some things to say about the heart sometimes that we find shocking in our culture, like the heart is deceitful. And the Bible tells us sometimes that we shouldn't trust what our heart has to say because it will possibly mislead us. So um, I really appreciate you picking out this podcast topic and weaving it into the word. So thank you, Mentor Mama. So we may be looking for the Bible to make us feel a certain way to engage our emotions. And to give you an example of that, for example, I want it to give me peace or I want it to give me closeness to God. Like, what are the range of emotions that you're feeling to answer that question? I want it to give me. What are some examples for you, Tay? Well, I think subconsciously I have a lot of those. And something that I relate to a lot is when I read the Bible, I want it to make me feel less anxious. I want it to make me feel like um, everything is under control and that there is nothing that can come my way that could throw me off. I want it to make me feel essentially secure. And I also want it to make me feel oftentimes significant. I want to feel, I want to go to the word and make me, have it make me feel like, you know, I am seen and I am loved and I am heard. And that the maker of the universe um, sees me and thought of me before the foundations of the world. Not to make that long-winded or anything, but yes. <laughs> Thanks, Tay. I was thinking, too, like, I want it to help me feel close to God and give me assurance that the choices that I'm making, let's say I'm praying about something, that I'm doing the right thing. So we put a lot of weight and effort on how our emotions make us feel. Well, the Bible does say to love God with all of our hearts. And that means we love God completely with all of our emotion and our will. This is usually comes natural <laughs> for us women because we approach God's word asking questions just like you say um who am i what what should i do in certain situations well christianity is a religion you would say of the heart we often talk about how christ comes into our heart we talk about how we need a heart change what does loving God with all your heart mean to you? Yeah, that's great. And I just also wanted to touch on that last thing of you saying that it is a religion of the heart. Um, that's an interesting phrase. But when I, when, you, when I hear you say that, I think of 
actually the wonder of God coming to the earth and living in human flesh and him having, Jesus having, you know, the full range and spectrum of emotions that we all feel. And so it's easy sometimes to also go on the far other side of, you know, dismissing emotions and dismissing um, feelings and thinking that, you know, they're wrong or you shouldn't feel sad or you shouldn't feel angry or you shouldn't have these emotions that are perceived as negative in our culture when the reality is is Jesus came to the earth and there were times that he was sad and there were times that he cried there were times that you know he was upset about things and so it is like Christianity does penetrate deeply into the heart of its believers it transforms our hearts and it creates space for us to come to God and um, not put our emotions away in a corner where we feel like God doesn't want to see them because he, we don't serve a God who um, doesn't understand everything that we've been through because he was tempted like us as well. So, um, yeah, what does loving God with all your heart mean to me? This question is a loaded question. <laughs> but when I think of it, I think of um, surrendering everything to him and I think of picking up my cross um, every single day and choosing to die to myself because I think loving God with my whole heart is ultimately saying you know all that I am is yours and you know I surrender to you my will and my choices um, and loving God you know isn't always a feeling like we'll probably touch on but we will be touching on that when I think of loving God with all my heart I think of like just believing that and having faith like trusting that God is who he says he is believing without seeing that to me that's part of too what comes from just the heartfelt side of things Well, the same verse that commands us to love God with all of our heart also commands us to love him with all of our minds. Attaching intellect to our faith doesn't come naturally, though, to most of us. We take in knowledge about the scriptures, so many of us do, through reading our Bibles or listening to sermons, and then we extrapolate them about how it makes us feel again. (laughs) So for some of us that may be, you know, measuring the strength of our faith by how close we feel to God after we heard that sermon or how that worship song affected us or how our quiet time made us feel. So Taylor, I have a question for you. Would you say your walk with the Lord feels more like a roller coaster or a straight path and why? That is a great question. And I hope none of you guys are anticipating me to say straight path Um, because I am a very emotional person. I am a very feeler. I I think with my feelings, as some might say. And because of that, I think oftentimes I do feel like 
my relationship with God is a roller coaster, especially in the heat of the moment in day-to-day life. Um, it's easier for me to be more pessimistic and hard on myself and get down about like, well, I'm feeling like I'm on a roller coaster because I had one week of great quiet times and now I'm down low because I missed a couple days and I'm feeling like God's disappointed in me or that somehow he's farther away. Um, and so a lot of times I do feel like I'm on a roller coaster when in reality, um, as time goes on, I can look back and see seasons of my life less as a roller coaster and more of in a place of understanding and seeing how God was really moving in my life and how I was never farther away from him or, um, I honestly see looking back that, my emotions maybe have upplayed my um, anxiety in the heat of the moment when it, in reality it wasn't as much. Thank you for your honesty, Tay, because I think that that is probably very realistic for most of us that we do tend to kind of get very emotional at times and wonder about how is God there? Is he listening? I don't feel close to you. Um, And it's kind of based on the highs and lows, perhaps, of what's going on in our own lives. Well, what Jen Wilkin proposes in this book, which I love, she says, well, what if we have things backwards? By asking our hearts to lead our minds, we end up with a roller coaster But if we place our minds in charge of our hearts, something completely different happens. So there are actually multiple scripture references in the Bible that talk about the role of the mind. Isn't that interesting? Let's take a look at a few of those. And I want to start with 1 Chronicles 22 verse 19 which talks about the role of the mind in seeking God. Can you read that for us, Tay? So this is in a passage, and it is talking about David. Um, And it says, this is the first part of verse 19. It says, now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our In-Depth Bible Study Academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBTPODCAST, that's CBTPODCAST, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. How do you go about setting your mind to seek the Lord? Oh boy, hands the microphone back to me. You know what? How do I set my mind to seek the Lord? Honestly, when I think of something like this, uh, when I hear this, 
a word that I think of immediately is intentionality. And intentionality is not something that you need to have to set your emotions or your feelings um, because emotions and feelings just come naturally. It happens whether or not we want them to. um, And that's not the same thing with setting your mind on something. That takes intentional effort. And I think of the scriptures that tell us to set our minds on the things that are above. Um, You see throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, even, how um, the writer was saying that he just felt like life was pointless. And he was in such a hopeless place. Um, He was directed, you know, through his emotions. He kind of just, you know, indulged in whatever he wanted in his life. And he actually concludes at the end of the book that, you know, everything in life is meaningless unless you fear God. And he he ultimately, at the end there, turns and fixes his eyes back onto God. And and that's just like how it is, is in life. If we let our emotions guide us, ultimately, I think we'll come to a very empty um, feeling in our souls. Whereas if we you know, don't rely solely on our feelings to guide us in our relationship with God, but we choose to fix our eyes on him. We choose to um, use our intellect, like you say, and engage in his word, which is very important, engage in his word, engage in community within the church, then our relationship with God will be a very different experience and a very different story. I love that we also have the reminder when Jesus himself said, when he was talking about the great commandment, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your mind. So Jesus himself acknowledged that we also must have a seeking of the Lord with our mind. Well, let's take a look at another one in Luke 24 verses 44 to 45 to see the role of the mind in understanding the scriptures. Okay, so I have it pulled up here in ESV. It says, Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he said, or then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So essentially in this little section of scripture, he's talking to his disciples and he mentions that um, the words that he spoke to them uh, while he was still with them was in order that the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms would be fulfilled. And when it refers to the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms, that's actually just referring to the Old Testament and um, that Old Testament for us, Jesus and during their time in culture called the Old Testaments often the Law and the Prophets. And it's just a way to kind of create distinctions between the sections that they have. Um, And then afterwards, it says he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So would you like to elaborate on that, which I think is kind of the verse that we were going to focus on what comes to my mind is is that when he says he opened their minds to understand is the key point in that he didn't enlarge their hearts to feel more 
No, he opened their minds to understanding. And that really requires, in our case, um, of digging into God's word and reading it so that you can understand it. Yeah, and just to add on to that, God or Jesus, when he left the, this earth, he gave us the Holy Spirit within us so that we could also um, have him as a helper when we're reading our bible and it will help us to discern even what the bible means if you're feeling intimidated like oh i don't i i just have been discouraged to get into my bible because i feel like i won't understand what i'm reading and you know what that is oftentimes a discouragement that christians face i might recommend getting a study bible by the way there are many study bibles i'll just say that um, on our coffee and bible time websites we actually link some of our favorites um on there right Yes, if you go into our Amazon link, so you go to coffeeandbibletime.com and you go to our shop, and then if you scroll down, there's a link to Amazon, and then we actually have a little shop in Amazon where we link all of our favorite Bibles and study guides, and I will actually also put this book by Jen Wilkin, Women of the Word, in there so that you can find it as well. So let's... I never finished my point. Yeah, I never finished my point because I got off sidetrack there. But what I was getting that with the Spirit is that without God and without the help of the Holy Spirit, we would not be able to understand what the scriptures meant. And you actually see that within the lives of the disciples because, you know, the disciples were so close with Jesus, like through all throughout Jesus's ministry. And you see so many times throughout scripture where it, it says they were blinded to the things that Jesus said, as in like they didn't they didn't understand it. And it's not until Jesus gives them understanding that they're actually able to understand what he's saying. And and that's the beauty of us being filled with the Spirit today is that God graciously, you know, allows us the opportunity to read his word and understand it. So it really is truly a privilege. Thanks, Tay. Well, let's just look at one more. And that would be Romans 12, verses 2 to 3. And in this passage, it talks about the role of the mind in transforming us. So what does that say? Okay. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We're actually going to cap it off there at just verse 2. So anyways, I think what we see here in this passage is the power of intentionally renewing our minds in God's word. And there is, um, I think, a lot of times where we need to kind of do some spring cleaning up in our noggins and dust away the cobwebs and dust away the lies and dust away the infiltration of the culture that oftentimes goes unchecked and um, tries to make a permanent um, residence in our heart, I mean, in our minds. Um, but it's interesting that, you know, he says here specifically, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Um, and so that takes renewing of your mind, like we said before, you know, it takes intentionality. Um and God's word will do a lot of that work and the Holy Spirit will do a lot of that work, but we do need to partner with God and with the Holy Spirit 
to um, work with him in this process of renewing our minds and, you know, trying to dust away the cobwebs and trying to be transformed into the image of Christ through his word. And that is amazing. Like just hearing the role that our mind has in the process of um, Bible study and with our relationship with God. To me, the word transformed is such a powerful, active, strong word. So when I look at it and how it's used in this passage where it says, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind and then using that knowledge to discern what is the will of God, that's where the transformation happens when we're able to know what God's will is and to act in obedience and accordance to his will, that's when the powerful transformation can take place. Mm -hmm. Well, if we only love God with our hearts, we miss the important truth that the heart cannot love what the mind does not know. Mm. So the path to transformation comes from the mind to the heart and not the other way around. So did you know that um, Jen Wilkins, she referenced some research that shows that our pleasure actually increases in something when we have spent time to study that. So for example, um, when I say study, maybe it's practicing or it's learning the history or the origin of something, going very deep into it and learning more about it. My question for you, Tay, is what is something that you take pleasure in because you have studied it Mm. and it it has allowed you to take more pleasure in it? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, You know what? I took piano for so many years, and this is a boring example, but I'd say, and anybody knows this who's tried to play piano, first five years of you learning how to play piano can be discouraging um, if you're trying to become classically trained because it's very, it's a lot of exactly what it is, learning. And I also took theory classes, and I took, um, yeah, like things where I had to learn hearing, um, theory history dictation things like that and it was a lot of learning and it was discouraging um you know feeling like oh I have so so much so far to go but now that I'm play I've played piano for 10 plus years I actually can go sit down at the piano and I can just freely you know use the entire keyboard and pick up music and sight read and it just feels like it's not a foreign language anymore to me and I can gauge engage with other people in community about you know the things that we have learned and that we enjoy together and so it's great to bond over people with music and things like that which of course can be the same thing with the word exactly and that's kind of where I was going with this that the same thing is true for Christians finding greater pleasure in God will will result from making a study of him. So what's interesting, if you think about it, is that most of us actually come to faith in God 
based on very little information. That is like, amazing. Isn't it amazing? Like so we haven't amazing. read through. It's not like you read through your whole mm-hmm. Bible, study it for mm-hmm. years and years, and then decide. Mm-hmm. No, usually it it comes quickly. And then as we grow in the knowledge of God's character through the study of his word, we can't help but to grow into this deeper love for him. How has this been the case for you, Tay, especially going to Moody now and even like so deeply studying God's word? You know what? That is, I love that you put that in here because I have been thinking about that lately and just the beauty of how God works in and through people's lives, like how God can just transform a grown man's heart to um, follow him and to love him purely just because God just opens people's hearts. It's just, it's his working within them. And I feel like that's why Jesus emphasizes, it's part of the reason why Jesus emphasizes his ministry with children and how, you know, there is something so beautiful that they come to him with childlike faith with the faith of wanting to run into their father's arms um and know that their that the father is there to extend a hand of love and grace and forgiveness and the child is also there to learn from the father and to um come to him with wonder of wanting to know what he has to say and when we come to faith in God it's just like it's it's just he encaptures our hearts in the same way that you know we don't need to know everything 101 things to um love God it's just like he does it for us pure act of grace and there are some people that have totally an intellectual struggle before they come to know Christ and even then God God works through them and it is an act of grace that God would open their hearts to um see the beauty of the gospel and yeah it's it really isn't all about the head it's ultimately God opening up um our hearts to receive the gospel message Thanks, Tay. That really reminds me of this scene for any of you that watch The Chosen. It's a series um, through an app called The Chosen app, where it's reliving stories about Jesus when he lived here on earth. And one of the episodes is when they were fishing and Jesus says, throw your line in. And they were so tired from being up all night they hadn't been catching anything and they decided to throw it in and sure enough they just get overwhelmed by fish and their boat starts tilting and all these things and it was after that moment that he walked out of the boat Peter and he just looks at Jesus and falls on his knees and recognizes that God is Jesus and Jesus is God and it's such a powerful scene. So I want to just end this podcast today with a quote from Jen's book that says kind of I think this summarizes this um, particular passage well. It says the heart cannot love what the mind does not know. Acquiring knowledge about the God we love for the sake of loving him more deeply 
will always be for our transformation. We must love God with our minds, allowing our intellect to inform our emotions rather than the other way around. Yeah, I love that she says, acquiring knowledge about the one we love for the sake of loving him more deeply will always be for our transformation. Um, And this is the case when it comes to reading the Bible. And this is what I've learned going to Moody is, you know, we don't want to stay baby Christians forever where we are, you know, only learning about God based on what other people are teaching us. Like God gave us his word for a reason and he gave us our minds for a reason. He wants to engage with us with our mind like we're supposed to give our our whole bodies to him fully and completely, including our minds and using our minds to glorify him, which the more we learn about him the more we will love him. And the more we love him, the more we'll want to serve him and glorify him with our lives. So beautifully well said. Yes, and then getting back to one of our original points in that if we only study the Bible through our emotions, we're going to be set up for this roller coaster of a ride. But when we Um, also love God with our mind. It helps us have more of a straight path and in acknowledging that we know and love God and can take anything that comes our way in the sense that we're not letting our emotions just run away like crazy. So, well, I want to thank all of you for joining us today on our podcast. You can learn more about us and our beautiful prayer journals that will help guide and document your prayer life at coffeeandbibletime.com. Have a blessed day. Thank you, guys. We love you.